Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today I will be speaking with Karen Chastain. Karen is a proven leader in strategic alliance management among the largest technology partners and is the senior director of global alliances at Episerver. With over 20 years of experience in partner relationship management, strategic business planning, and marketing, Karen consistently delivers results within global and cross-functional programs by building mutually beneficial relationships with partners. Karen currently runs the Technology Partner Program and the App Marketplace at Episerver, providing a single source for customers to find additional technologies that complement Episerver to broaden their users' digital experience into a complete solution. Karen's deep, long-standing relationship with Microsoft for over 15 years has qualified her as an expert in engaging with the company, building a very strategic technical sales and marketing partnership, resulting in an increase of over 100% Azure sales year over year. Karen is currently an active member in the WIT Network, a community of professionals across the world that believe in making it easier for women to imagine, begin, and develop a career in IT. Karen is the West Regional Lead for the WIT Network. Karen is also a member of the International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners. Karen has been recognized as one of CRN's Women of the Channel for five consecutive years, 2016 to 2020. Welcome to the show, Karen. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. You have quite the lineup of, of women you've already had on, so I'm so excited to join. Great. Um, so let's get started. Um, Karen, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Uh, my career journey started uh, quite quite different outside of tech, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I got out of uh, college, I went to work for Black & Decker, uh, DeWalt, which you know, a lot of people may know if they use tools. <laughs> so I I learned how to use every single tool there is, which is kind of funny. Um, that lasted for a year because it definitely was not my forte, selling tools. Uh, but I, I quickly moved over to, to work with partners in the tech industry. I started at Ingram Micro. Uh, working with on the 3Com team, and 3Com was uh, is very well known to have created the Palm Pilot, the first handheld uh, calendaring, calendaring device, and it was really fun to work on that team at such a young age. So that was my first um, spin with partners, and I really loved working on a partner team. 
Uh, and with that, I, I went over to um, to Epicor and was there for a very long time working with partners, um, specifically the Microsoft uh, Alliance. And uh, that's really where I learned um, how to how to partner with with Microsoft very deeply, how to build on partnerships, how to create value propositions of of partnerships, uh, and and how to leverage them. Um, to to really um, you know grow your business, and now I've been at Episerver for five years. I uh, manage our technology partner program, which is all types of third-party uh, partners and companies that our customers may also be using. So to extend uh, the ecosystem that they're currently working in. Uh, and so we have an app marketplace that we've built um, to help our customers find these partners. Uh, but my company, Episerver, really, we rely on partners to sell and implement our software. We rely on partners to, like I said, build out a, a cohesive solution for our customers. So we're all about partners, and that's really where my passion is passion is and that's really where I, I get the most reward for for my work that's great Karen your uh, career journey has been very interesting and kind of takes the same pattern of just being with partners so you can really hone in on that skill and it seems like it's your passion as well yes absolutely and I remember 3Com and Palm Pilots. Boy, I had my, my Palm Pilot. I loved it. <laughs> and I actually worked with 3Com uh, many, many years ago. So we have some paths that crossed years ago. <laughs> um, so we both share a passion for women in tech. Um, can you tell me more about the work you're doing in this space? And also, how has this helped your career? Absolutely. And you and I, uh, obviously, we've met because of our passion in women in tech and the WIT network. We work very closely together. But it started for me back, uh, again, through Microsoft, um, thankfully, uh, through Microsoft, bringing women in tech to the forefront of different things that, that they did. So their partner conference, um, I think, going to the WIT luncheon uh, at a partner conference many years ago is really where I saw that, um, you know, there are people, like-minded people um, in this industry, like me, that are trying to, you know, succeed and have some of the same challenges. I met so many women um, in with within Women in Tech and, and the program that Microsoft and the IAMCP really started together. Um, and, and it was such a positive experience for me. It was, um, you know, something that made me feel welcome. It was a way for me to build my network. It was a way for me to gain confidence. And so I really developed a passion for that. And then being on um, the partner uh, experience board with Microsoft for their event, I was able to take that passion and use it to help others. So I was able to chair different events at uh, the Microsoft conference. I was able to chair the luncheon, the one that you know I first joined uh, years before. Mm -hmm. I was able to lead that. 
uh, a session, a happy hour, the booth. And so each year I got to be involved in these different activities and volunteering really for these different activities. And I got such a reward in seeing them come to fruition at these events and seeing uh, all kinds of different women, young women, older women, women just starting out in the industry come and, and really find value from what we were doing. And so that is, you know, that was just really great, rewarding work. But, you know, it also um, gave me some great friendships. You know, I've been working with, with you and some of these other women for so many years. And all we're doing is growing the network and growing the support there. Um, but now, uh, as part of the WIT network, I uh, help with the West region. Uh, community leads. So really what that is, is being uh, someone that the community leads who work in each region can can reach out to to get some help, guidance, um, and kind of keep us all together as, as a cohesive group and make sure that everybody's getting what they need. Um, but one thing that I recently did at EpiServer was I also uh, helped uh, EpiServer with our women in tech initiatives by making it easier for us to bring resources to our employees by uh, uh, getting a cor corporate membership with the WIT, the WIT network. What, what that does for a lot of companies is you may not have the resources in-house to um, build out, uh, you know, a program. Um, so having this allowed us to give uh, the women uh, in our in our company a way to get some of those resources and benefits without EpiServer having to uh, do it ourselves. You know, we, the, the WIT network has, has such a, a great broad um, amount of resources there that we could leverage, which is great. That's great. You have volunteered so much of your time and been so generous in lifting other women and, you know, helping other women as well as getting some things in return where you're able to grow your network and obviously help your career by bringing the women in technology um, to the, the WIT network so that they can grow their experience and their network. So that's just amazing. I mean, it's really, you know, what we do to lift each other up to build a network that gives us confidence. I think those are really important things as women in technology. So great work there. Um, today we're hearing a lot around diversity and inclusion. Um, and, you know, a lot of DNI committees uh, forming and, you know, you hear a lot about them. But you participate in a similar council, but it focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Can you share with us maybe even the story behind how equity uh, became part of diversity and inclusion and some of the work that you're doing at EpiServer? Absolutely. Great question. I think this is so important. And there's so many companies that are taking a lead in this area. And it's great to see. Um, equity is, it means being fair and partial. So really diversity and inclusion, you know, equity should be a part of that because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how, um, who you are, what you believe in, all these things. It matters that we're fair and partial to everybody. And that really is a um, foundation there. 
but I didn't I didn't create diversity, equity, and inclusion um, at, at the server. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of change in the past year. We had um, we have a new CEO that started in December, uh, and he really has demonstrated a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. including women in technology. Uh, which has allowed our employees to do more than we ever have before. And so we have created a diversity, equity, and inclusion council here at EpiServer. And, um, you know, it, we, it's taken some time, but it, it's been so rewarding to work on this council. Um, people that are way smarter than me um, and actually have I wouldn't even have, a, you know, as as much or more passion than I do, um, helping to create what does this mean for us? What's our charter? How can we help others? Um, what does it mean for us as a company? So really what we want to do is we value an employee's authentic self while respecting and reinforcing a workplace culture and inclusivity inclusivity. So that's simple. Um, It's easy to understand. We want people that are looking at EpiServer, whether you be uh, a potential employee, whether you be a customer, whether you be a partner, if you're looking at EpiServer, we want to make sure that this is known and that we are demonstrating it. We're not just saying it. And I think that's super important. So you know, we have a council. Uh, we're we're still, you know, building it out. We're still growing, um, but we did do um, a Nelson Mandela Day, which was really fun. Uh, we did, um, I think it was back in July. Gosh, time you know flies, and is also super slow during these times. But on Nelson Mandela Day was on a Saturday, but on Friday, we actually allowed employees to take time out of their day to listen and share and grow. Uh, We had some outside speakers. Uh, We had um, some regional uh, discussions. We had global discussions. We allowed our employees to, like I said, come on and share their experiences if they wanted to. Uh, It was just a really inclusive uh, day where everybody kind of, it was our first event from the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council, and I think it was a great start. So we meet on a weekly basis. We're figuring out how we can um, highlight an event or a month every, um, you know, if it's, if it's like, um, you know, uh, you know, a certain month women um, in tech will do um, this month, we're doing a day of giving. So uh, we provided a lot of volunteer opportunities globally that you could do from home. So we're really starting to uh, make sure that it's something that's continuous. And I think it's super important to allow the employees to participate in the ways that they feel comfortable as well. I love that. You know, diversity equity and inclusion is so important to organizations. And, you know, there's studies that show that if you have a diverse organization, it not only helps the organization grow, but it also grows your bottom line, which is so important to organizations um, that they continuously grow, but 
really focus on diversity and not be just talk. Like you said, leadership in your organization from top down believes in diversity, equity, and inclusion through and through. And so you see it in all of their actions and in everything they do, which is so important. Yes, absolutely. And you know, you're most companies, you're not selling to just a certain type of person. You're selling your product, your service, whatever you have to all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, you need all kinds of people within your company as well. You need to have that perspective. That's so true because, you know, customers come from all walks of life, from diverse um countries from you know now our world is flat so um you need representation internally to be able to understand your customers and so that really is a very good point because it's not just your employees but it's your customers as well Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the importance of partnerships because you you've spent most of your career in partnerships and partnering um, so your role as a senior director of Global Alliances, you focus on partnerships. Um, I truly believe in partnerships, and you know, at our company, Directions, we partner with many, many different types of uh, Microsoft partners so that we can add training to their portfolio. Um, tell us a little bit about what a successful partnership looks like in your eyes. Well, yeah, as you as you said, uh, you know, I've been working with partners since almost the beginning of my career, uh, and I agree with you. Partners are essential for success in most businesses, and certainly in the technology industry, uh, and certainly at my company. Like I said, I'm I manage our technology partnerships, but we have a channel program of over 900 partners that sell and implement our software, uh, and so. This is we we talk about partners day in and day out every single day. They're at the top of mind. Um, but you know, really, a good partnership is one that's mutually beneficial. Each each partner needs to bring something to the table, and hopefully, they will get something out of it. So I think the most important thing when you're talking to uh, someone that you may want to partner with is to develop a joint value proposition. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, we'll start to talk to a company and we will realize that, you know, know, we we like what you do, you like what we do, but there might not be a mesh there. So let's just, you know, work alongside each other and circle back. And maybe that might be, um, they don't have an app in our marketplace. And so what are we selling? You know, things like that. But really you need to start with a joint value proposition. And I think that is super important. But a great partner is one where you are like-minded and you have joint goals and you communicate frequently and work towards those goals together. That's a great partnership. and, you know, I think the most fun that I have at my job is the is because I get to talk to so many different companies. I get to talk to so many different people. Uh, not only do I get to work with different groups within Episerver, but then I get to talk to so many different companies and learn about what they do. And, you know, when we are able to launch that app in the marketplace or when we're able to, um, you know, 
release a, a press release that says this is what we're doing together when we're able to share that first uh, joint customer success story that's the rewarding part of my of my job that's great so you know it has to be a win-win for both sides uh, a joint value proposition I think is so important and great communication towards uh, mutual goals is really uh, some great um, best practices to have in partnership. And I'd like to add to that, you know, trust. Trust is a big piece of partnerships, and um, you have to trust and like the partner that you're working with. I always say, you know, if I don't like somebody, it's going to be very hard to work with them. Um, because if you don't have that trust or belief in that other partner, uh, you're always going to be pointing fingers. And in a partnership, there is no pointing fingers. You just take on the problem and you solve it, and then you resolve it you know, with your partner as you need to. But um, these are really, really good pieces of advice for partnerships. And I think partnerships are critical in business. You know, we, have, we have to have them in order to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on trust as well. It is so important. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things you have to like working with other kinds of people, too. If mm -hmm. you're going to work in, in the partner, um, you know, ecosystem, you have to know how to work with different types of people and you have to enjoy it, too. Um, right. And build that trust with them. So, yeah. And you have to like, you know, like people in order <laughs> yes. to do that. So, like you said, you have so many conversations and and the best part of your value is that you love to learn from them. And that makes such a great partnership because you value what they're bringing to the table. So um, I know EpiServer is very, very successful because of the skills that you're bringing to the table as well. So great job with that. Um, so technology industry, as we know, is primarily male-dominated. Male um, you know, and as a woman, can you share with us some of the challenges maybe you've faced and what you have done to overcome them? Sure. You know, I think that um, everybody has stories and, and can relate to each other on, on this level. Um, thankfully, I, uh, you know, we're talking about it more. And uh, I um, applaud you for having this podcast as well, because, you know, I looked at all of the, the women and listened to, to a bunch of the past ones. I have I know several of them and, and it's great to keep this topic, um, this topic going and to keep the conversation going. I think for me, the biggest challenge that I've had in the past is um, being the only woman at, woman at the table. I mean, I think all, all of us can relate to that. Um, and it, and it still happens. Um, uh, you know, I have, you know, meetings where I am the only woman. I, I pay less attention to it now because I have more confidence. So I think that that's one of the things that uh, the WIT network and talking about it um, will help other women with is if you have confidence, uh, it's less of a problem because you're not going to make it a problem, you know. Um, so I think that's one of the things with um, – with my experience and as I've gotten older and working for longer is that I don't let that bother me. Uh, but that, that was always the biggest thing. And then also I would say uh, being, you know, the good old boys club or, you know, being somewhere where 
I wasn't really included in the conversation or something. But again, the way you come, you overcome that is you don't let it be a problem. You really mm-hmm. need to have the confidence to speak up. You really need to have the confidence to insert yourself into the conversation if they're not going to do it for you. And I think that's one of the biggest um, learnings that I've had over over my, my experience uh, with that. Anything you can share on how you built your confidence? Because, you know, it is, this is the major piece of women's um, challenges is is confidence. So we're always looking to lift up women to make them feel good, make them feel stronger. But anything that comes to mind that says, you know, what did you do to push yourself to get that confidence? Great question. Um, first and foremost, I think um, having like-minded women around me, and I'm not saying in my company, but through uh, networking and through uh, participating in things like uh, at events when, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go back to the Microsoft example, when they had the women in technology luncheon and when they had, um, you know, the happy hour, you may not feel comfortable going to that. But once I started to go to that and meeting other women that were like me and having these discussions and then, you know, knowing that I wasn't the only one, um, that really helps boost your confidence. And then the other one was, I think the more you can listen to women who are you know in leadership positions who are talking about this topic to give you ideas i'll bring up one uh, tiffany bova who now works at salesforce um, but she actually was the the keynote speaker at the women's lunch that i managed um, and she talked about you know her her confidence arm and having i think she called it her tribe and you know having people that she could go to if she needed it and i think that is one of the and and i have my tribe too and and i have people that and again it's not at my company i do have some at my company but outside of my company that i can go to and say hey can we schedule a 15 minute chat i want to run something by you that will help you know help me make decisions or help me um either if you just you know need to help make a decision if you want to complain about something that happened if you want to see if they've ever gone through that you know to have those people around you is is a way to help boost your confidence i think those are great great ways um I love that you said that you pushed yourself outside of your comfort zone where you're a little uncomfortable, but you said, let me do it. And then when you were in this, this community of people that you felt more comfortable with over time, you built up your confidence, which I think is so great. And listening to women in leadership, definitely it helps me as well uh, to learn from them, to uh, build, like you said, Tiffany uh, always talks about the confidence m- confidence muscle, and those are so important. So we can learn every day from successful women that you know have been through these challenges and have just fought through, and just kind of really push themselves outside of their comfort zone. So I really like that. Great advice. Um, 
So here's the million dollar question. <laughs> One of the biggest challenges for women is work-life balance. And I can tell you, I'm no expert at this at all. <laughs> um, we're responsible for so much outside of work, not just work. How do you balance home and work and family and all of those things with a full-time position? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I think for context, I'll just say I, do, I have an 11-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. So I've been doing this for, for a while. And one thing that I've learned during this pandemic is that we can all balance life and work. Uh, it's intertwined. It's nothing. It's not separate. It's the same. You know, we have to figure out how to work with both things and we shouldn't hide from it. And I think personally, I've worked from home for a while now and I could tell you, I'll tell you a story in, in a minute, but I think that during this pandemic, I, a lot of companies have learned that their employees can still get their work done while dealing with other things. And yes, it's difficult, but the more that companies support their employees in doing this, the more that the companies are going to get out of it. And I, I hope that that's something that a lot of leaders have seen out of this pandemic. Um, but I'll tell you a story when 14 years ago when my daughter was born, um, before she was born, I used to work, you know, obviously in the office. I'm an early riser, so I used to get in there at 7 a.m. Uh, before most people. And, uh, you know, when I went back to work after my three months off, I thought I was going to do the same thing. And uh, I quickly learned that wasn't going to happen because <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, I was breastfeeding and um, you know, that is something when they're younger, you have to do constantly. Mm -hmm. And I could, my, my office was almost, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. Like there was just so much going on in my first week back at work. I, I really thought uh, there's no way that I could do this. So I went to, uh, my boss who was, um, a male and, you know, no one at the company worked from home at the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him it was very hard for me because I knew that he was against people working from home. It was a known thing. And I had to go to him and I asked if there was, you know, any way that I could work from home. I, I think it was two days a week I asked for. Mm -hmm. uh, and I explained to him why. And I explained to him, you know, that I thought I would be, you know, more efficient if I could have some time at home because mm -hmm. of what I had to deal with and the time it took for me to, you know, I was going into the, um, into the room to, to pump mm -hmm. multiple times a day. And it was just, it's so time consuming. So anyway, um, it, he, at first he, he was very against it and he asked me to prove to him to write out how I would be more efficient and to put, provide examples and things like that. So really I was the first person mm -hmm. that he allowed to do this. And I really was like, I need to show him that I can, that I can do this and I'm going to be more efficient and I'm going to be more productive because I want him to allow other women to be able to do this when this okay. comes up. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, um, to me, that was, that it was, it was a very tough thing that I had to take. Um, and I, you know, I had to take a leadership role and I had to be very, very brave in, in going to do that. And it was, and I, and I was able to do it.
And um, it worked out so much better because I was a better employee because he gave me that, that trust, you know, we go back to trust and he, mm -hmm. he gave me that. So I think that, you know, and times have changed and this pandemic has changed people, but I think the biggest grace and benefit a company can do for their employees is to let them work in a way that best suits them. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel that way. If my employees feel comfortable telling me like, oh, hey, my son is, you know, working behind me today. I'm not going to be on camera or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, we all just need to be very accepting. Um, and I think we'll get more out of our employees that way. That's a great story and, and so true. So my company, we went completely remote five years ago and we were kind of ahead of the times and everybody was uh, saying to, to me, you know, how do you do it? How do you trust your employees? How do you, you know, just let them work from home? How do you know they're working? All of those things. And, you know, I realized very early on that, it's the person, it's not where they're working because, yeah. you know, even in an office, they can hide behind a cubicle and play games or, you know, do things that are totally non-productive, but they could be home and being very productive. And so when I realized that, I thought, well, we, we definitely have to try this. And it has worked so well. And all our employees tell me that, um, you know, it's a privilege and a huge perk to be able to work remotely. And they, they're so happy doing it. And I think every one of our employees works harder and longer than if they were in an office because now they don't have the commute time. I mean, if mm -hmm. you think about what you were saying, 45 minutes, mm -hmm. so you gained like two hours in your day already. Exactly. You know, just by not, exactly. not commuting. So um, this is such a great story. And hopefully the pandemic will show that show employers that employees can be very productive while they're at home. Mm -hmm. So no, that's great. All right. So, um, in closing, what advice would you give a woman considering a career in the tech tech industry? Because, you know, maybe they're not so sure this is what they want or how can we encourage more women? What would you what would you say to them? Um, well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this quick story. My mom was in the technology industry. She actually um, worked for uh, she was a reseller for Great Plains, which eventually got um, bought by Microsoft. And um, when I was younger, I told her I would never do what she did because, you know, it looked boring to me. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, long story short, I, I almost did exactly what, she, you know, I ended up doing or being in the same industry, at least as, as what she was in. And so I think the advice that I would give to, to young women is um, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, you know, the tech industry is not just tech. It's not just sitting behind a computer. It's not just what you might think it is. Um, I love building relationships and I love seeing those come to fruition. Um, and this is in the tech industry. And, and I've learned to, I've learned a lot about technology. I've learned a lot about software, but you know, most importantly, my love of, of building relationships and building partnerships is what has gotten me here. And so I think that, um, you know, young women really um, need to think about what makes them happy um, and, and kind of look 
be a little bit uh, open to looking at different areas of the tech industry when they're when they're looking at it. But it, you know, one of the things that I, I've heard you say, Jennifer, in some of your previous podcasts, is um, you know you're you're in the um, education uh, area and learning, and it's more about trying to get them to recognize, you know, to to bring this to them when they're younger and to mm -hmm. get them to have an interest in this when they're younger. So I think that is is a challenge that uh, I know the WIT network is super passionate about. I know you're super passionate about that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that getting to them and just showing them that uh, all kinds of different jobs are available is, is really important. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, a lot of people will think technology means coding behind a computer all day long, and it's not. So you could be in marketing and tech. You could be, like, in relationship building like you have with partners in tech. And it's just so fulfilling. It's a lucrative industry. It's always growing. It's always, you know, dynamic. And it's really fun. So great advice. Um, and I hope women listening will really take it to heart and take that first step. Karen, this was such a pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, so what would be the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you and your company? Yeah, first, uh, Jennifer, I want to thank you again for having me on. It has been a really great conversation, and I appreciate you giving me uh, some time to share thank some you. stories. Um, you can find my company, Episerver, at episerver.com, www.episerver.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, and then also I'm on Twitter at Karen Chastain. I'm pretty active on both of those. Great. Well, thank you again, Karen. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, and hopefully I'll have you again on the show in the future. I would love it. Thanks, Great. Jennifer. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.